when your day goes south or your relationship gets salty. You need tools that will turn it around with decades of experience and a variety of perspectives between them. Leslie Sleesman and Leslin Kantner bring you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating your best life. Together, they're sharing ideas you can take home and try. Each week, their discussion will zero in on one idea, one technique, or one activity that has the potential to make your life a little better. And now, here is Leslie and Leslin with Try This at Home. Good morning, Leslie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm fresh off a trip to France um, to babysit my two-year-old grandson. And so I am refreshed and ready to go. If they need a person to go to France next time, I'd be happy to do it. Okay, I will let them know. Now, I just want you to know it was to babysit a (laughs) two-year-old. My sister asked me today if I enjoyed my vacation And I said, when was the last time you had a vacation with a (laughs) two-year-old? You're like, no, I need a vacation from the vacation. Well, actually, it was my great pleasure, honestly, but um, it is good to be home. Yeah. So if you listened to our podcast last week when we talked about expectations, we said that this week we were going to talk about acceptance. Right. However, I had a thought in, in really listening to that podcast I really thought that it made more sense today to talk about internal expectations as a follow-up to last week. Are you okay with that? Awesome. Yes, let's do it. Awesome. You know, when we talked about external expectations, we really talked about how we strive to meet the ideas or the um, desires of everything outside of us, but we're also driven by internal expectations. A lot. A lot, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Some of us more than others. Mm -hmm. And you might ask, what's an internal expectation? And it's very simply that thing that you expect of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes this can go awry. Yes. A lot of the people that I talk to, as you might imagine, um, have conditions (laughs) that (laughs) that extend from very rigid internal uh, expectations. And... My first real exposure to this in an understanding way was when I was finishing up my undergrad in psychology, uh, one of our tests or one of our classes were to take this battery of tests and conceptualize ourselves. And one of the tests, the psychological test that we had to take was something that identified our schemas. Okay. So if you're at all interested, you want to investigate psychological schemas. And I thought for sure that mine was going to show abandonment. Oh, okay. I've got lots of that in my life. And um, I was actually quite surprised (laughs) because what it indicated was that I lived by the schema of something called unrelenting standards. Yeah, I might have a touch of that too. (laughs) I'm not going to disclose, <laughs> but I, I actually was quite surprised. And yet when I sat back and really looked at it, uh, I, re- I remembered times in my life where somebody had said, nobody can meet your standards. Right. And I, I was very confused by that because the truth is I'm not interested in other people 
meeting my standards, right? Yes. But I do hold myself to such a to a very high standard. Yeah. So this sort of reminds me um, when we were talking about shoulds. Mm-hmm. So when I was doing that exercise and I would come across something that I felt like I should do, oftentimes I was the one who very arbitrarily decided that something had to be a certain way and I had to follow it. And it sounds like maybe this is a little bit of that. Yeah, and and it's we could really break this down um, in a very intricate matter. So we're, it's still about shoulds, right? Behind every should is an expectation, right? And often the conversation is, as we mentioned in that podcast, whose voice is that? Is that your voice or is it someone else's? Yep. But if you think about it, our voice develops as a result of someone else's. Sure. Right. Our voice develops as a result of our environment, our um, education, our community, our culture, and so on and so forth. So we adopt not just those external shoulds, but we we adopt the internal shoulds. And some of them are absolutely, this is what I expect of myself. Because when I do this, I feel good. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. I feel accomplished or I feel um, satisfied or I feel uh, important or loved. And when you go all the way back into childhood, you can figure out that when you cleaned your room, your mom was really proud of you. Right. right? Yeah. Or if you went out and helped your dad, he said, oh, thanks for being my big helper. Or... If you wore a particular something, your friends all said you looked great. And so we feed off of that um, feedback. Yep. And we determine that these are things we need to do in order to achieve approval. Yeah. So feel uh, the tidy house thing. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that makes me feel good. And that's an internal expectation that I have for myself. And it's funny you bring up like... As a child, you know, if your room was clean, you got praised. I, I forget exactly what it was, but a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to my mom on the phone and I was talking about my oldest son, how his room is a disaster. I don't, it's actually worse than a disaster. Mm-hmm. I'm not even really sure how to describe it, but he's nine. I promise he'll grow out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I was ready for her to tell me what an amazingly neat room I had as a child. And as it turns out, he might have gotten his dirty ways from me because I guess my room was dirty as a kid. Oh, and you didn't remember that? I didn't remember that, no. How about that? Yeah. I don't know when it, like, stopped. Yeah. Or when it changed over. Um, But, yeah. I think it's so interesting. And, you know, I have four children, and they all turned out very different from each other. Um, And it's fascinating to me to try to identify which behaviors they picked up from whom or from where, right? right? Yeah. We had it one time we had a vacation house up in the Poconos and we'd go up for the weekend and as we were packing up the car to leave, I would literally vacuum our way out the door so that <laughs> when I came back the next time, oh, it was clean. Yes, yeah. we were Love walking it. into a clean house. There were no dirty dishes, you know, we didn't leave anything for the mice and uh, I just I had this expectation that the next time I come, we're walking into a clean space. Yeah, right. One of my daughters adopted that. Mm-hmm. Now, she has a perception that I did that 
all the time, everywhere. The truth is, oh. I only did it there. <laughs> I, I left my own house right. a lot of times without it being completely cleaned like that. And then the rest of my children somehow missed that message altogether, <laughs> um, which is always a little comical to me. Right. I can remember my son going, I moved him out of a, a rental when he was in his, I want to say his early 20s. And we walked into this environment that was so unhealthy. It was just gross. <laughs> and on the way home, I was commenting to Harlan about, I can't believe that a child I raised lives like that. Right. Harlan had the best advice. He goes, don't worry. If the dude ever wants to get lucky, he'll learn to clean up that mess <laughs> because no girl is going to go there. <laughs> yeah, I, it's so funny because uh, not to get too far off track here, but I remember when I was dating my husband, um, he lived with a roommate and I would go over there and I would stay the night sometimes and I needed to shower the next morning and their bathroom was so disgusting that I would just clean the bathroom when I got there because there was no possible way that I could take a shower and get ready in a bathroom that gross. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we boys won't are, lament on the, <laughs> on the um, disgusting nature of a lot of male, young males. Yeah. Okay. So how does someone identify unrelenting standards? Well, as it turns out, there's actually a little test. Oh. You have to be able to agree with five or more of the following statements. Okay, I'm going to take the test. Okay. Give it to me. No matter what I do, I always feel there just isn't enough time. What if he answers sometimes? No, well, it says no matter what I do. So okay, it's either so yes would, or no. I would say no then to that. I feel stressed and pressured most of the time. No. I need everything to be done to very high standards. Yes. I have to feel that I'm in the best, that I'm the best in terms of performance. Mm, yeah. I rarely switch off and relax. It feels like such a waste of time. No. My relationships suffer because I push myself and work too hard. No. I tend to drink more than I should because I just can't switch off. Are we talking about coffee? Because that's a yes. <laughs> no to the alcohol. <clears throat> I think it's more of an alcohol issue. <laughs> there always seems like there is more to be done. Yes. My health is starting to suffer because I'm so wound up all the time. Mm, no. I get quite irritated and annoyed easily. <laughs> Sadly, yes. <laughs> so you only have four. I only if have I four. counted okay. correctly, yeah, I think so. you have four. Yeah. So I would not say that you currently okay. have but I believe that you're in danger yeah. of going over there, right? And it would I, just well, take... I actually think that I probably was. At one point. And I've worked on some of those things. Mm -hmm. Yes. And one of them, whichever one it was where like my relationships suffer, mm -hmm. my husband and I have a, have a pretty unique situation and we're both working often, but it works for us. So it doesn't impact our relationships. So we've kind of worked that out. So that one could have, maybe in another life, it would have, I would have said yes to that, but... Well, and I think that maybe that's a good point, that this is one of those things that we kind of um, stand on the fence, or mm -hmm. some of us may stand on the fence on, right. and from time to time, we'll tip one way or the other into unrelenting standards. Yeah. 
I don't think I could answer five uh, or yes to five of those things today. Mm-hmm. But certainly when I was a young mother, I felt very compelled to be the best mom, to pack the best snacks, to host the best play groups, to participate in the PTA. I was the church secretary. I started a chapter of Moms Club years ago. I mean, I, I drove myself to be better. Right. And at some point in my life, I learned that in order for me to be, um, to be long, mm-hmm. that I needed to be the best. Yeah. Um, to be frank, I think I was 40 before I totally accepted that perfection wasn't possible. Yeah. So if you're, if you're sort of in danger or if you're kind of got one toe in on some of these, obviously we, we think that unrelenting standards is probably not a good thing. It's not consistently healthy, correct? Right. So what do you do? So I think the first thing is that you have to really recognize and this unrelenting standards piece, it's an internal expectation of yourself, right? The one thing I want to tell everybody is that your best, that's good enough. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of misunderstood because people believe that if you didn't do a good job today, you need to do better tomorrow. Right. But that's only if you did your best, if you didn't do your best today. And you'll know, right? Mm -hmm. You'll know. One of the things that I tried to really instill with my kids is did you do your best right they they know mm-hmm. yeah. now they may say yes i did and they know that they didn't and they go upstairs or back you know outside to play and that sits with them. it weighs on their mind right yeah. Yeah. maybe i didn't do my best and they're going to do one of three things they're either going to continue to lie to themselves mm-hmm. and develop that habit right they're going to say They're going to find some honesty and say, no, I guess I didn't do my best. I'll try again tomorrow. And that'll be a kind of a private, silent journey for them. Yep. Or they're going to come back and they're going to say, I need help. Mm -hmm. Uh, All three of those are are hard to sit back and just let happen when you're a parent. But I think that overwhelmingly, the research tells us that kids will strive to be their best when they're given room to do that authentically. Yeah. Our our oldest has, um, I feel like I'm crapping on him a little bit today, but he's nine. He, he's earned it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a really smart kid. And uh, we have, you know, one of these apps where we can check his grades. They're constantly being updated. Every assignment's graded. And he is either an A-plus student or an F student, and he gets the Fs because he just doesn't do the work. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't turn it in, which mm-hmm. is pretty common for, you mm-hmm. know, a fourth grader, I would say. Um, but, yeah, it is hard to sit back and let him get the F mm-hmm. because I don't want him to form that habit. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want him to think that he has to get an A-plus or else, mm-hmm. you know, fill in the blank, whatever the punishment may be. Um, so, yeah, that's very difficult to it straddle is. that. And, and, you know, I think, especially in adolescence, when you're abs- actually trying to navigate the space between what are my expectations of myself, those things that I will hold to internally versus these things that are outside of me, i.e. my parents, right? right. And and the environment, the community I live in, 
there's if there's a a um, disagreement between those, there's conflict, and mm-hmm. and it's hard to really negotiate that conflict. When I I don't generally work with small children, but when I work with teens who are struggling with anxiety, it's almost always because there is a conflict between what they want for themselves, these standards that they have for themselves, yep. and the things that they're trying, the external expectations that they're trying to meet. From parents and teachers and coaches. and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's not the proverbial, uh, my dad wants me to be a dentist, I want to be a guitar player kind of right, thing. Right. It's the, I want to go to college, my dad wants me to get straight A's, I'm happy being a B student and mm-hmm. I know I can get into college being a B student. Sure. If if a kid comes to me and says, I'm content being a B student, um, that's the amount of energy that I want to put forth. I encourage them to continue moving in that direction. Right. But I simultaneously really help them define what the ultimate goal is. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Because the ultimate goal may be to be um, an engineer. And you're probably not going to get into grad school with a 3.0. Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You need a 3.6. Or maybe you do. Maybe you get into a little local grad school that doesn't have a name or, or a significant reputation. But that's all you need right. to do what you want to do with life. And then that's going to be okay. There was an article... Um that was written by um, Adam Grant, I don't know how long ago it was, months, a year ago, I can't remember. Um, But it was basically about how, like, colleges need to, um, I hope I get this right, basically, we need to look at the other things that kids are doing, not just their grades and test scores, Um, which is certainly true, but the unfortunate thing about that is is that's not how the system is set up right now. Um, So, yeah, you have to look at, if if your internal expectation is such that you're fine with a little less than perfect, um, it still might not fit your ultimate goal, which is hard because you then have to reconcile those two things. Well, then you need to shift your expectation, right? And that's right. So if you have a long-term goal, we're not talking about ability here. We're talking about what we expect from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example. I have a client who's 18 He's got senioritis like there is no tomorrow. (laughs) And things at home are challenged because his parents, and I haven't talked to them, but based on what he's saying to me, his parents um, indicate that he's not trying. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll say, you're not trying. You need to try harder. And he said, look, you know, in his mind, he's gotten into college. He's done what he needs to do. He's really content. Yeah. Now, he, he probably feels like he earned it. He earned some relaxing time well, or whatever. I, yeah. I mean, he hasn't said that. I don't right. want to suggest that he's feeling entitled at all, but right. he he feels content. Sure. Now, he said, if the school came back to me and said, this English grade is absolutely necessary, he said, I would just do it. Right. Because... Right. I know that's what I need. He said, I did what I need to do <laughs> to get what I want. Now, I can hear the rumblings of a million people out there. They're going to say, why just do the minimum? Yeah. Right? 
And what I think we need to really allow for is that some people will do the minimum and that will be okay. Yes. Yeah. Right? It's okay for some parts of the uh, population to not have the same unrelenting standards <laughs> that I do or that you might tend and, to. And thank God. <laughs> Precisely. What, what, what kind of a world would it be if everybody had the same standard? Yeah. Well, everyone would, I mean, you wouldn't be able to stop. People would be, you know, people would be miserable because they'd be pushing themselves and pushing themselves. And Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think that if you are focused on perfection and you, you unwill, you're unable to achieve it, if you're feeling stressed most of the time and you have what I'm going to call cortisol syndrome, which is where your body's constantly trying to... Um, generate a higher and higher and higher level of cortisol um if you're not feeling connected with your your family or your partners and if you're unable to relax then those are the things that will indicate that you need to address this idea of unrelenting standards there's like a um, a quote that i've heard and i'm probably not going to say it right but it's something to the effect of um like perfect is the enemy of done or good enough or something like that and basically the idea is sometimes done getting something done is better than perfect there is no perfection right right. there just isn't i in um in again when i was going finishing my undergrad i had a professor who i was taking senior seminar and we were um discussing positive psychology, which was one of my favorite topics. And the format of the class was every week we'd have a couple of chapters to read and then we'd write a paper and submit the paper on Friday morning. We'd get it back on Monday morning. Well, I kept getting 99s. (laughs) And frankly, that pissed me off. (laughs) Because I was a non-traditional student. I had a 4.0. I was not accustomed to getting 99s. <laughs> and I walked into his office one day and I said, Dr. Bloom, what's up with this 99? There's no red marks on this. What do I need to do to get 100? He goes, you'll never get 100 from me. Oh, that burned me up. And I just looked at him like, why not? And he goes, because there is no perfection. Yeah. And so I said, so in other words, in your mind, 99 is perfect. Okay. <laughs> Look at you trying to get perfect no matter what. Well, I, you know, I just needed to understand where he was coming from, right? right? Yeah, it's a good lesson. It yeah. was, and then I, and then I was stressing myself out, and a very dear friend of mine just looked at me one day, eye to eye. She took my hand in hers, and she said, "Honey, you've got to stop this pursuit of perfection." Yeah. And for some reason, when she said that to me. I decided my best was good enough. Yeah. And also, I mean, I know this has been said a million times before, but social media is really terrible for this. Yes. Um, and, and everyone, I think, knows in their head that social media is the highlight reel of someone's life. It's the good things. It's the perfect things or the things that they think are perfect, that they're choosing and willing to show. Um but it still doesn't stop you from having that ugh, gut moment when you see something that 
is better than your best or perfect, you know, something that you want for yourself that they have that's perfect. Yeah. It's really hard to see that. Yeah. I also think bus stops are like social media. <laughs> How? And not the bus stop in a city, but the school bus stop in our, in suburbia. Okay. Because people pull up in their, uh, and this is, um, you know, kind of your upper middle class suburban mm-hmm. neighborhood. People pull up in their brand new Suburbans or yep. their town and country minivans. And every kid has, its, they're sitting in the seats and they're watching their morning cartoons on iPads. Yep. And the women are talking about, or men, but mostly women are talking about their manicure or their massage, or maybe they're going to a part-time job so they can have play money. Right. And well, I know that that's not everyone's life yeah it is a big part of suburban life yep and i think that when women in particular end up measuring themselves against what their neighbors Mm -hmm. are doing or you think their neighbors are doing yeah then that sets us up for this need to kind of drive for perfection right you walk into someone's group or home for play group there's nothing out of place and you know you just left a, a frying pan full of scrambled egg bits on your <laughs> stove and you feel less than. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I had a um, – so ever since we moved here and my husband got his job out of grad school, um, we have – we're not car people. Like that's not the thing that we like love value. and mm-hmm. value. Right. Um but we've always bought used cars out of necessity because we can't afford new ones. Um, and so we've, we've as the years have gone on, like the one that was first six years old got turned into one that was only five years old. And then it turned into one that was only three years old. Um, and, and so we've kind of sort of worked our way up in the used car <laughs> uh, hierarchy there. And I, I'm perfectly content. My husband's perfectly content um but it was interesting because just recently our minivan needed a ton of work and we weren't really willing to invest it so we traded it in and lost a ton of money on it by the way and and got um a a newer car and it's the newest car that we've ever owned it's a 2016 um so still you know a few years old um but the newest one that we've ever had and i was very excited about it and we were you know both my husband and i were very enamored by all the bells and whistles that Mm -hmm. i had Mm -hmm. and um i told a friend of mine that you know we got this new car and she's like why didn't you get a new one and it's like, oh my gosh, that's just like crazy. Because, and I told her, I said, well, we can't afford a new one of these cars. But here I was perfectly content, not only content, but really thinking we're doing quite well. This is a 2016, like I traded in a 2011, you know, I was, I was really thinking we were doing really good. And then, you know, boom, some, all it takes is a comment from someone. Why isn't it new? Yeah. And you know that what's really interesting. So I spent 20 years as a financial planner and, mm-hmm. And buying something brand new (laughs) that depreciates the moment you move it off the the retail uh, location doesn't make good financial sense. Right. Right. right? There are any number of really reputable financial people who will tell you that buying a brand new automobile is not a good financial decision. Right. And and we believe that, you know, too. But by, I mean, the truth of the matter is, aside that that's, you know, good 
financial makes good financial sense we really couldn't afford a brand new one and so i'm very willing to tell people oh well we buy used one because we can't afford the new one Mm -hmm. um but that's the sort of like conscious effort that i've been making in my life so that i i try not to be the person with only the highlight reel because it is really hard for me even still to see that mm-hmm. in other people's lives mm-hmm. I'm working on it but mm-hmm. it's still it's still hard yeah and i might you know i might want to throw in there just to kind of really drive this point home i suspect that if you gave up other things you could afford oh, sure. yeah. a new car so this right. isn't that you you're not making ends meet right? <laughs> right, right this is really about how do you choose to spend your money sure mm-hmm. and that's an internal expectation yes right yeah. Yeah. you made a choice based on your finances of where to spend it. allocate things yeah and one of your expectations has never been to drive the, a brand new car exactly and so it didn't make sense to you to do that right uh this is a big part of what everybody can learn to understand about themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your priority? Does it meet with the internal expectation that you have about life and about yourself? Does it prevent you from um, having success in your relationships, from feeling healthy, from relaxing if it does that's probably not healthy right right internal expectations those things that drive us to succeed are important Mm -hmm. but they can go awry yeah and that's this week's try this at home leslie for everybody to really be aware of their internal expectations so that they don't develop into unrelenting standards Make sure that you have an ability to relax, that you're not driving yourself crazy. There is plenty of time. Uh, One of my favorite sayings, and I think we've used this before, Mm -hmm. is how much will this matter in a year? Yeah, probably not. And if it doesn't, (laughs) let it go. Yeah. So that's our discussion for today. And as always, we are super grateful uh, for your listening We hope that you'll join us next week when we talk about acceptance for real. Uh, And of course, you can find all of our podcasts and information about us on www.trythisathomepodcast, where we hope you will subscribe to our feed. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, and we would love it if you would give us a star rating and a review while you're there. Until next week, this is Leslie and Leslin suggesting that you try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.